Thanks for checking out this Church in the City podcast. In our series through the Gospel of Matthew entitled The Good News of God's Kingdom, we're exploring the ways that we, as disciples of Jesus, partner with God for the real, everyday advancing of His kingdom. Good morning. How are you guys? I've been up here before, but uh, a little bit nervous right now. It's... uh... I was, right before I came, my wife told me not to be funny. You know, I'm always funny. You know, when you start out with something like that, it's so deflating. It's like, I am funny. It's just positive thinking, right? All right, so, uh, good morning again. Uh, As Mark said, my name is Hugh Duan. I am, um, I have the honor and the privilege of serving on the eldership team here at Church in the City. And uh, you know, we just want to welcome you again if you're visiting for the first time. We are currently going to... I'm just going to go straight into it. No jokes. Not trying to be funny. We, see? Someone's disappointed. Finally. Thank you. Uh, we are currently going through the book of Matthew. And uh, we have titled this preaching series as The Good News of God's Kingdom. So if you, um, if you have not been able to attend for the last few weeks, you can... Uh, follow up on those sermons online if you want to. But today, we're going to go through chapter 5 with the emphasis on the Beatitudes. So, you know, for me, the, it's really echoing. Is, that, is it echoing for you guys? Oh, that's how my voice is projecting. Um, we, um, see, I am funny. <laughs> so, well, for some... For me, the Beatitudes can be both simple and complex at the same time because uh, simple in that it is somewhat self-explanatory and it is how our attitudes should be as followers of Christ. But it's complex from the standpoint that it is probably the most written about, taught, uh, preached, discussed passage in all the history of Christianity. I mean, there's a little exaggeration in that, but really not much. Because I know that if you've been to church for a certain amount of time, you probably have read or heard about the Beatitudes, right? And for those who've never been, then we'll we'll talk through the Beatitudes. So hopefully when you leave today, you will know what the the Beatitudes are. So anyway, after saying that, uh, this morning I'm hoping to walk a fine line between keeping it simple, but at the same time to breathe life into uh, these Beatitudes. where am I? And so, with that, let's get to Matthew 5, verse, verses 1 to 12. I'm going to be going through and using the NIV this morning. Uh, they're going to be on the slide behind me, but if you are using a different version, that's totally fine, as long as you are using a Bible version. But if you don't have one with you, you can follow on the slide. See, I, that was not meant to be a joke, and someone's laughing. All right, here we go. Matthew 5, verse 1. Now... When Jesus, actually, this, I shouldn't be funny. The beatitude is not really funny, but I'm trying to make light of it. Um, Okay, so now, when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on the mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him, and he began to teach them. He said, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed... Blessed are those are the weak, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, 
for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. So before we actually get into the Beatitudes, I'd like to um, give us some background um, knowledge and clarification on some of the terms that are being used in these Beatitudes. Uh, Firstly, the Beatitudes apply to all of us, meaning ranging from the greatest theologians down to the little kids up here who came to know Jesus. So there's, you know, we're talking about Billy Graham, I don't know, throw out some names, Bill Johnson, John Piper, N.T. Wright, Rick Warren, Joyce Myers, to each and every one of us. So it applies to every one of us. It's not just for the super Christian or someone who's been walking with God for a long time. So that's one. The second thing, these are not... Um, it's, it's not people's natural disposition or personality traits because it's about our understanding of, of who we are in relation to God and the world around us because it has nothing to do with being you know, shy or outgoing because if someone is shy, it doesn't mean that they're meek. And if someone is friendly or outgoing, it doesn't mean that they are peacemakers. And if someone is sad, it doesn't mean that they are mourning. It has nothing to do with that. And thirdly, the Beatitudes are presented in an order of preparing preparing us for what immediately follows. So, for example, as we're poor in spirit, which lead us to mourn, which lead us to to be humble, which lead us to hunger and thirst for righteousness, and so on and so on. So the Beatitudes um, mark a deepening humiliation, not humiliation, humility within us. Nothing to be humiliated. A deepening humility within us but at the same time is a grown level of exaltation uh, for what we do. So we will get more into that as we go through the Beatitudes. Uh, next is the Beatitudes is for all of us to continually grow into these Beatitudes daily. Um, we will never master the Beatitudes as we're going through them over and over again. Uh, and, and as in a cyclical from one degree to another, today until the day that Jesus come back. So there are eight Beatitudes as verses 11 and 12 are the summary of all the Beatitudes. Um, so let's get to some of the terms that are being used in here. You know, the first and the last Beatitudes, which is verse 3 and verse 8, you know, both, uh, both ended with, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. What is the kingdom of heaven? You know, we see that term being used a lot, and especially... You know, for, for me, someone who didn't come from a church background, that's being thrown around a lot and with a lot of expectation for people to know what that is. But what is the kingdom of heaven? Um, Jesus provided um, many examples through the parables in the, chapters follow, in, in the following chapters in the book of Matthew like, uh, to explain to us what is the kingdom of heaven. You know, he was using parables like the wedding parable. He was using the parable of the weeds the mustard seed, the hidden treasure, you know, the net, the unmerciful servant, and so on and so on. But for me, I felt that Paul said it best and simply in Romans 14, verse 17, for the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. 
That's the kingdom of heaven. It's to have righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Not just righteousness, peace, and joy. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. And the next term, which is the last one, for us to, uh, it'd be good for us to get to know before we get into the Beatitudes is blessed, because you know there's blessed everywhere. Um, the word blessed or blessed has been used so many times you know, by, by all of us, myself included, that we kind of lose track of the real meaning of what the word blessed means. It is commonly known as, you know, have a blessed day, have a happy day, have a blessed day, have a joyful day. But blessed, there's a supernatural joy and peace to it. And it can only be attained through the dwelling of the Holy Spirit. Um, and it's also associated with who God is because Paul wrote in 1 Timothy 1, verse 17, that, that conforms to the gospel concerning the glory of the blessed God. There's a holiness attached to that word blessed. Um, so through the dwelling of the Holy Spirit comes the fruit of the Holy Spirit, which we know from Galatians 5 is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So to be blessed is to have those things, is to have the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Uh, and it's a, remind for, a reminder for us that blessed is to have the fruit of the Holy Spirit, so it's not like a financial blessing. You know, it's not a material blessing, and it's not any other worldly blessing that, that, we, are think, that we think of. Okay, so now that we've got the, the background and some clarification out of the way, let's get into the Beatitudes. Uh, you guys still with me? We, uh, I hope I'm not making it too complicated. Okay, so first one, verse 3. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. So there you go, kingdom of heaven, and blessed. So, you know, as we, because what Jesus is saying is as we come before him, and anyway, for us, as we come before him, we, we realize that where we stand in relation to him, we will see our position in relation to who Jesus is, realize that we are a people of broken people, a people that has sinned, whereas Jesus, in his righteousness, he's, a ho- he's holy. He is so much more than us. And as we stand before him, as we know who he is and see him, we will come to realize that we don't bring anything to the table before him. And when that happens, that's when we realize we will be blessed by God. And, and so what God is saying is he's welcoming, welcoming us into his kingdom of heaven. And it's the same thing as when we receive salvation. It's when we realize our brokenness and our sinfulness and we accept Jesus as our Lord and our Savior and we come into his kingdom of heaven. So as in the previous chapter, in chapter of, um, Matthew 4, and when Steve preached on it yesterday, when Jesus said, repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near now he's teaching to his disciples and those who are following him and people who actually believe in him. He's telling them and he's telling us the kingdom is ours. Poor, blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. So as we're led through the leading of the Holy Spirit, and that's key, we need to remember it's not about what we do. As we're being led through the Holy, by the Holy Spirit to a place of being poor in spirit, and being empty of who we are without any arrogance or pride or false understanding of, of who we think we are or what we can do. That's when we see you know, the self-righteousness, the anger, and the hate 
around us, the worshiping of false idols, this will cause us to mourn for those around us, which leads us to the next beatitude. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. So that's when we're mourning for the brokenness. You know, we're mourning for the hatred that we see and the anger that we see in people. And we know that because we're seeing that right now here in the city of Chicago. But then when we do that, Jesus tells us that we will be comforted by him because he is our comforter. We know that. It's from Isaiah 51 verse 12 when he said, Jesus will be our comforter. And as we mourn for those around us, because of the brokenness that we see and we experience and we know, we will realize that Jesus is the only one. He's the only one that can bring healing. He's the only one that can bring restoration. He's the only one that can bring freedom to all people. We will be completely and totally submitted to him once we realize who he is and what he can do, which leads us to the next beatitude. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. And this is being meek to God. Submitting to God and his plans. You know, I I do want to make a note that being meek is not about being submissive to anyone or anything. It's submitting to God and his plan. That's what being meek is. We don't need to walk around and acting meek. We just need to be meek to God and his plans. So we're going back to the personality trait. Just because someone is outgoing, someone is confident, doesn't mean that they're not meek. So submitting to God and his plans is not just being... Wait, I just said that. Sorry. (laughs) I'm going on repeating. I'm recording now. So, um, Okay, so we're willing to follow God and go where he's taking us because that's we're submitting to him. And, you know, we're humble to know that we can't fix any problems ourselves. We need him to lead us. We need to follow his plan. And as we submit to him and trust in him and trust in his promise of a new Jerusalem, trust that we will be the, we will be the inhabitants of the new earth when he comes again. So that's why he's saying that we will inherit the earth. And as we're led again by the Holy Spirit, to a place of being completely submitted to God and his plan, he will lead us to the next stage, which is to have a deep desire to see God's plan and his righteousness in all things, which is the next beatitude. So blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. This, this hunger and thirst, you know, it's not, it's a deep, it's being translated as a deep, hunger, a great desperation, a great need to be filled. Uh, It's not something that we are familiar with in terms of the food that we eat or the the drinks that we drink that will temporarily satisfy us. This deep hunger and thirst can only be quenched, obviously we know this, hopefully we know this, by the living water from Jesus. We we know this is from um, when Jesus met the woman at the well, and he said in John 4, 13, but whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. And as we hunger and thirst for righteousness, through the leading of the Holy Spirit, we will come to the understanding that Jesus, again, is the only righteous one. None of us is righteous. None of us is righteous by ourselves or what we do or what we think we did, or can do, or do not do. 
So we will, once we realize that, then we will have mercy on ourselves and all those around us. And that's which will lead us to the next beatitude is, blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. And in Psalm 37, verse 21, it said, the righteous shows mercy and gives generously. So the practice, the practice of mercy is a sacrificial love. In John 15, 13, where John wrote, greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friend. And the best example of being merciful is Jesus' sacrificial, sacrificial death on the cross. And he's reminding us that as we follow his example and as we are being merciful, we will be shown mercy by him. So as God lead, as he leads us to have a sacrificial love for those around us, we will have a selfless, not selfish, but a selfless, self, selfless, not selfish. Selfless love, wait, anyway, you guys know what I'm saying. Selfless <laughs> love. So when that happens, we're going to move on to the next beatitude. Our heart will be purified. So we will be pure in heart. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. You know, that's a heart with, with sacrificial love. It's a blameless heart. It's a purified and cleansed heart. And with this state of purity in heart, we will be able to see God. And that's what it's saying, for they will see God. But it's obviously we know from Exodus 33 that even Moses, someone who speaks to God daily, he was not able to see God. He could only see a glimpse of God from behind. So it's not that we can see God face to face, but what, what this beatitude is saying is that we will see God in all of his creation, in the people that he created, in the things that he has created. We, can, we will see God in people. We will see God in the historical events, or in circumstances, or in like the relationship that we see. Because in John 1, 3, it said, through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. So everything that we see and people that we come across is through God and it was made because of him. And that's what this beatitude is trying to get us to see is because when we see God and his glory in all of his creations, in his created people, you know, rich people, poor, black, white, Asian, young, old, handsome, not so handsome, you know, straight, crooked, believers, non-believers, we will see them in the way that God sees them. And we will see them with the heart that God has for his people, his created people. And, we, and when we get to that state, stage, it will take us to the next beatitude, which is we will want to make peace with all of God's people. And blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. I, um, I find this a little bit challenging that this beatitude is toward the end as there are many levels of revelations or, or beatitudes that we need to get through before we can be called the children of God. You know, it's, it, is, it looks like it's a process for us to get there. But we know that we are children of God, right? I mean, Mark was talking about that earlier. We ourselves know that. But it's a, what this beatitude is saying is a process for us to get there before others, those outside the church, those who don't know God, before they will call us as children of God. And that's what this beatitude is saying, is when we become peacemakers to those outside the church, not within the church, 
That is expected. But when we, when we become peacemakers to those who don't like us, who despise us, who hate us, that's when we will be, we will be called the children of God. Because in Romans 8, verse 19, it says, For creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. So it's a process. It's a process that is waiting with eager expectation so that we can be revealed to those around us that we are children of God. And it's a process that we need to go through. We know among ourselves that we are children of God, but for those outside the church, it's a process before they recognize that we are children of God and before they can admit that we are the children of God. So, so finally, we come to the last beatitude. Um, blessed are those who are persecuted. I, um, I just realized, did I tell you guys there were eight beatitudes? I did, right? I just went blank. Okay, sorry. This is, a, <laughs> this is why it is the last beatitude, number eight. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. You know, to be completely honest with you guys, as, I'm, I, was, as I was reading this and studying on this, I'm a, I was a little bit troubled by this one. Because for me, I will admit that I don't want to be persecuted. And I don't know of anyone that looks forward to being persecuted. I mean, anyone want to be persecuted? I mean, I don't. So, so this is a little bit um, difficult for me to try to grab hold of. But as I'm meditating on this, this verse and studying it, you know, the word that really helped comfort me uh, in this beatitude was righteousness. Just righteousness. The emphasis on righteousness. Not righteous cause. It's not political righteousness. It's not economic or societal righteousness. Or self-righteousness. Or what we think righteousness is or what people define as righteousness. It's righteousness, and it's biblical righteousness. So what is the biblical righteousness? You know, there, as, as I'm looking through this, there are many examples in scriptures about righteousness, but I think the most simplified and the one that was made most easy to understand is from Malachi 3, verse 18, where it said, And you will again see the distinction between the righteous and the wicked between those who serve God and those who do not. That's righteousness. Those who serve God. The, 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 the challenging things on this, about this, this definition of righteousness, is there's really no gray area. It's either you're righteous or you're not. Either you serve God or you don't serve God. There's no gray areas. There's no in-between. And that's what God is, so, so what this beatitude is saying, blessed are those who are persecuted for they serve God. And when we serve God, we will be persecuted. You know, that's something that I can live with because I don't know what this righteousness is unless I know, as long as I'm serving God, I can live with that. And when we don't serve God, we will not be persecuted. Um, you know, it... It's going to be a little bit heavy, but I'll bring us back. You know, it is, it is something for us to think about and meditate on is if we are not being bothered by those who don't know God, 
Is it, are we serving God then? And as Jesus said that we will be persecuted for serving him, so this is not, so if we serve God, something will happen. And if the non-righteous people are leaving us alone and they're not bothering us, perhaps we need to serve God more. So hopefully, that's not too heavy. I'll try to take it back. I'll, I'll, I'll lighten it a little bit, which is not me, but it's beatitude. So in this very last beatitude, you know, again, Jesus reminds us that it is an incredible privilege to be in the kingdom of heaven. We belong in the kingdom of heaven because he said, blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. It comes full circle again. Because as you think we're working through this process and we've gotten so much better and you would think that we would be so much higher up, but he's reminding us, whatever that you do, theirs is the kingdom of heaven. It's a privilege for us to be in the kingdom of heaven. So it, it doesn't matter if we're still working through the second beatitude, the third beatitude, or what have you or how well we're living out these Beatitudes, or how many times we've gone through these Beatitudes. We all belong in the kingdom of heaven, all of us. We all have this righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. So, so how do we apply the, these Beatitudes to our everyday lives? You know, it's, it's just a, a, a daily reminder through God's goodness that we are in the kingdom of heaven, that we have this righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. And as we work through these beatitudes, you know, we will be a light in the darkness to those who don't know us. Just like Sarah just shared about wanting to work outside of a church. And this is done as we allow the Holy Spirit to work through us. And this is done to allow us to mourn for all people, to love sacrificially to all people to be peacemakers to all people, and to lead all people into experiencing the righteousness of God and then do it over and over again as we grow more into of what God has for us. So, um, in conclusion, so how are these Beatitudes the good news of God's kingdom? Because I see, as I'm reading through this, I see a lot of crying and moaning and hunger and thirst and persecutions. It, It is the good news of of God's kingdom, it's because when Jesus, our Lord, our King, our God, our Savior, said, blessed are you, that when he said, blessed are you, he's, he's saying that you have love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. He's emphasizing, he's emphasizing that not only the inner supernatural joy and peace that we have, because we're right with God, he's also praising us, our King, is praising us for our characters and pledging divine reward for them. That's the good news of God's kingdom. Because these, these beatitudes also give us a glimpse of how we are to live, a foundation, or like a blueprint of how we are to live as transformed people who belong in the kingdom of heaven. And as we, as people living in the kingdom of heaven, it's, it's more about living a a relaxed, comfortable, respectful, kind, polite lifestyle. Because Jesus wants us to know that um, 
And he's reassuring us through these Beatitudes that we belong to the kingdom of heaven. So we will be comforted for whatever, whatever that we come across. You know, we will inherit the earth. We will see God and we will be called the children of God. So as we work through these Beatitudes, you know, let his spirit lead us through these Beatitudes so our lives will be an expression and a proclamation of all those things, which is we are the people who serve God. And that's the good news of God's kingdom. Um, that's all I have for you, for you guys for today. But I just want to end with a, with a prayer, and then I'll hand over to Mark to, uh, to close the meeting. But um, before, I, before I pray, you know, I just want to throw this out there. For those who, who don't know the kingdom of God and those who want to be part of the kingdom of God, I would like to invite you guys to join this kingdom of God. And all you have to do is just accept that Jesus is our Savior. If you don't have a relationship with Jesus, if there's anybody out there who don't have a relationship with Jesus, who wants to come into the kingdom of heaven, who wants to be comforted, who wants to be filled with this righteousness that you will never hunger and thirst for again, who wants to live in the light, and who wants to enjoy the goodness and the glory of God. I would like to invite you guys. I would love to invite you guys in the prayer. And if, is anyone out there? Anyone? Father, we just want to thank you for who you are, God. I just uh, thank you for what you uh, was doing this morning through the worship, what you're doing right now, and what you will do through the days to come, God. We love you and we worship you, God. We just thank you that, that, Holy Spirit, you are doing so much through us, that you're using us and, and, and bringing revelation to us and equipping us and, and showing us the way and leading us and guiding us so we can go and advance your kingdom and just show the goodness and the, and the love that you have for your people, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I pray to all these things in your name, Jesus. Amen. Thanks again for listening. You can always check out more messages at churchinthecity.us or on iTunes.